Loki, you want to say anything to the listeners? Hi. (laughs) Say hi. (laughs) I'm coming for you, Anchor FM. You're on my list. Welcome back to Rogue Radio, where we talk about real things because it's the real world and you need reality, so yeah. Today, we will be talking about internet challenges and why they are so irresistible and very dangerous. I'm your host, Sarah Jane. I kind of forgot about telling you guys my name, even though you probably already know it. Anyway, teen challenges, internet challenges... Some of them can be really dangerous and result in death, so I decided to talk about it and why it is so irresistible to teenagers. Well, for one, I learned on healthychildren.org that teen brains are still developing. Part of the brain that handles rational thought uh, is the prefrontal cortex, and it's not fully developed until your mid-20s, so teens are naturally impulsive. They don't think before they act. I won't say that all teenagers are like this. Um, There are some really sensible teenagers out there, and really smart teenagers that actually value, you know, their well-being and everything like that. But I also believe that it's the social media that rewards bad behavior, because we all know that YouTube has kind of been this tycoon of making money, um... I believe that there's a lot of teenagers out there that are on this and that are famous and that they can make money by themselves because we all know that a lot of teenagers, they want to be independent before they are ready. So, and not only that, like the need for popularity and attention also kind of plays into this. And um, me and my husband were talking about this last night because we recorded it. It was the funniest thing, too, because we had so much fun, but Anchor decided to not give me the recording. It was sad. It was very disappointing and depressing, and I'm very upset that I have to redo this by myself because I feel like it's more fun when I am talking about this with someone else, especially my husband, because we make- we have fun with this. We- we love doing this, but, um... Anyway, we uh, we wanted to talk about this, but um, I'm here on my own because I kind of want to get it out there. And I know by the time my husband gets home, he's going to want to sleep because he works really hard. I love him and I'm proud of him. But um, today, you know, like I said, internet challenges, why are they so dangerous? Or why are they so irresistible? And we're going to talk about... I'm going to talk about a handful of the ones that I think that are dangerous. They're not necessarily in order, and they're not necessarily all of them, because there's a lot. Teens get bored really quick. (laughs) But um, the first one is the Momo Challenge, and um, this stemmed from a Japanese sculptor who... Uh, she had nothing to do with it, as far as I know. But um, there was a sculpture that she made of a half-bird, half-woman sort of thing, like, like with big eyes and a really slit smile, kind of like the Joker. 
And uh, she does horror sculptures. And someone took this picture. They turned it into a really, really bad thing. And um, there's this app called WhatsApp or WhatsApp or whatever. Um, I don't know what it is. <laughs> I've never been on it. But apparently it's like a chat app where you can chat with people. But um, this picture was the profile picture on one of the profiles on the WhatsApp and um, it would tell kids to kill themselves and hurt themselves. There have been recorded unsubstantiated deaths, meaning they could have been talking to this um, person behind this Momo picture, but they don't necessarily know whether it was proven that that was the reason why these kids have killed themselves and hurt themselves and um, people have been kind of rumoring around the internet saying that this was one of one of the ways for hackers to get into kids phones which kind of poses a different threat of you know tracking the child down hurting them killing them raping them selling them into sexual slavery whatever um, that kind of entails uh, depending on who's tracked the child, um, like I said, there 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 would be a number of different reasons. But um, I'm organizing my papers here because I do have them in order. The cinnamon challenge is one of the um, dangerous ones. It's not necessarily as dangerous as some of these ones that I will be listing, but it is one that parents need to really look out for. Um, I know it's probably not um, the most popular one now compared to all of these other ones. Um, I did have them written in order, but, you know, things change. Kind of upset that I had to record this again. But the cinnamon challenge is swallowing a spoonful of pure cinnamon, recording your rea reactions. Um, People have had allergic reactions. There have been a number of hospitalizations and calls from poison to poison control because if you of you so much as one syllable, I'll hunt you down and cut your head off. If you'd like to fax me, this is Okay, well, uh, I will be getting slushies with my husband, and then later on, I will keep continuing with this. Hopefully, with him, because it's more fun. But that all depends. See you guys later. Alright, I'm back. And uh, the next challenge is the hot pepper challenge. And at first it was a habanero pepper. Then it was the Carolina Reaper. Or no, the ghost chili and then the Carolina Reaper. Somebody decided to cross-pollinate the habanero and the ghost chili and reach into the bowels of hell and create this Carolina Reaper pepper. So, people are eating it, teens are eating it, and recording their reactions, of course. Yeah, they film themselves suffering from this. There's many hospitalizations. Um, child... There was a child uh, that's been recorded somewhere that I read he had trouble seeing after eating this. People have experienced nausea, vomiting, mouth burns, 
and of course allergic reactions and it, it's crazy. I've even seen uh, Rhett and Link do this. Probably not the Carolina Reaper, probably just like the Car the um, Habanero Pepper. And their reactions were terrifying, but who knows if that was even real. Not saying that they're fake. I love Rhett and Link, but... Um, the next one is the Kylie Jenner Challenge, or the Kylie Jenner Lip Challenge. Apparently a very long time ago, Kylie Jenner supposedly posted a reply to somebody saying that she sucks on a shot glass in order to get her lips bigger. The internet took this seriously by storm and decided for everybody, like everybody decided to suck on shot glasses to have fuller lips. Uh, some people overdid it. They have broken blood vessels, infections, and sometimes their um, lips would be split so bad that they would have to have stitches in their lips. And that's not, it's not worth the, the time. <laughs> that's not worth your time. Oh god, no, that's terrible. Mm -mm. But, yeah. Later on, Kylie Jenner said that she gets lip fillers or something like that. So, yeah, good job. You're. Why? Why are the Kardashians so popular if they teach kids to destroy themselves? Anyway, the choking game. Now, I've actually watched a short film about this type of game. I didn't know what it was until I watched this short film. I, f I forget what it's called. Um, but Juliana Mariello, um, Juliana Rose Mariello, acted in it, um, who played Stephanie in Lazy Town. You know, this was after, like, she, um, her contract was up or whatever. But, um, basically it's like, choking with a belt or your hands till you're high or unconscious. Of course, people have suffered suffocation, brain damage, and death. So, please don't choke each other. I know you guys are bored, but please don't do that, especially if you love your friends. You don't want to cost a friend their life, you know. You don't want to be that person. But, Tide Pod Challenge. Now, this is one of the most recent ones that just got out of popularity, I want to say. And um, it's a, people biting into a Tide Pod, you know, those Tide Pods that you use for washing machines or dishwashers. And um, you bite into it, you taste it, you record your reaction. The outside coating of a Tide Pod is meant to dissolve so if it dissolves in your mouth and you're experiencing chemical burns in your mouth and your throat, airways, and lungs, well... You done messed up. It's soap. It's soap, people. It's soap! Not only that, it's more intense soap. It's not like a bar of soap that we clean ourselves with. It's more powerful, more potent soap to clean your laundry and your dishes. That's not okay. That's not okay to have in your um, system because it gives you kidney and lung problems. 
get throat burns and all of that stuff. And I just, I had a cousin one time say, I think that like his parents were talking about it at one point. I kind of caught wind of it and he just was like, oh, it's a joke. It's not, I love you cousin. Okay. But it's not a joke. People are really getting hospitalized and getting sick from this, whether it's a joke or what. I mean, you're costing someone's health and almost, you know, possibly their life because of all of this. And I don't understand the joke behind it. If it's dangerous, why do it? But the ice and salt challenge. So the ice and salt challenge. All right. Uh, You pour salt in your hand, you put an ice cube on top, you close your fist. The longest time to have the ice and salt concoction in your hand, the longest who is able to hold it wins, I guess. I've seen the YouTuber Glozelle do this, and it was horrifying what happened, because it looked like her skin froze over. But, um... People have received third-degree burns, two-degree burns. It's not worth your beautiful skin. And I don't... I don't understand that. I just don't. Okay, the eyeball challenge, the eye-drinking challenge, or whatever. Um, taking a hard shot of liquor into your eye socket. Um, that eats away your cornea and leaves your eyeball susceptible and vulnerable to infection, okay? You could lose your sight. People do this for an instant high, and people have said that you can get it, you can get like an instant like drunkenness, like you can get drunk faster because you do this, but that hasn't been actually proven as accurate because your eye doesn't have much of a opening for the alcohol to be in. It doesn't consume as much alcohol as it would your mouth. So, I yeah. Um, yeah. People have probably been hospitalized because of the dumb stuff that they've done with this challenge. Um, apparently a lot of college students have done this just because they're bored. Get a hobby. Please. Get a hobby if you're bored. Study. Please. This is awful. And as much as this generation loves looking at their screen, don't do this if you like looking at your screen. I mean, your screen damages your eyes too. Maybe you should just go for a walk and look at the nature around you. I don't know. Okay, just don't do this. I don't understand the youth today. We didn't have this when back in the 90s. We didn't have any of this back in the 90s. We had Microsoft Windows, okay? And we had a thing called Tetris that we played. That was it. And I don't understand why people now are just, you know, kind of going to every single challenge, like this brand new challenge. It's like a trend, basically. People get magnetized to the newest trend. They get attracted to the newest thing out there, and if you have it, you're cool, or you're, you got bragging rights and stuff like that. It's not worth it. It's definitely not. <sighs> Trends are getting more and more dangerous. It's population control. <laughs>
that's what it is. If you believe in the Illuminati, or if you believe that it exists, this is how they are rooting out the weak. I don't know. I'm a conspiracy theorist at heart, so you know. Don't do it! The next one is teen biting. So, the Twilight fandom has decided to give us a new trend called teen vampire biting. Okay, I could talk to you till I am blue in the face about this. For one, I hate Twilight. I absolutely hate Twilight. Tinkerbell and Dracula decided to have a child and his name was Edward. And he also brought the trend of teen biting with him. For all you teens out there that are really, really into Twilight, I can't imagine anybody now would be into that. I don't know. Um, Back then, my family was kind of really into it. My mom and dad were really into it at one point, which was kind of scary. They're old. Anyway, um... Basically, this, this I guess this is just a way of like showing your affection to them. It's like, you know, giving somebody a hickey or whatever. But if you've broken the skin and you're drawing blood, you're susceptible to infection, hepatitis, and HIV. Okay, there's a lot of germs in the human mouth. You should not be doing this. Um, you can get bloodborne diseases from this. And it's not worth trying to make yourself feel like a vampire. Why? This generation is depressing. I'm not saying there's no hope, but dang, y'all gotta clean yourselves up. Seriously. This ain't even this generation. This was like probably my generation, the, the millennial generation where this came from. Um, but Okay, the Charlie Charlie Challenge. Okay, this one is about apparently contacting a demon in your house. You have a piece of paper, you cross two pencils together, you write yes, no, yes, no. You say, Charlie Charlie, are you here? And apparently the thing, the pencils will move to the yes or the no. Well... If the demon has decided to say no, apparently, of course he's there. But anyway, um, this could be a hoax. I don't know whether or not it is. But, um, I will say that any type of spiritual challenge about, like, playing with Ouija boards or dabbling in witchcraft, I realize, me and my husband realize that that is a really big thing nowadays to wear a pentagram and witch symbols and and stuff like that. And I don't know if this um, generation knows what all of that stuff means. Uh, Yes, me and my husband are Bible-believing Christians and we believe if you let in witchcraft, like trinkets or paraphernalia in your home, you are inviting demons and evil spirits to uh, reside in your home. 
they're basically guests that live with you. But for some reason, the thrill of the paranormal has become a big interest nowadays. And um, I want to tell you guys uh, my own spiritual experience. I've never touched a Ouija board. I've never touched anything like witchcrafty. I have never touched any paraphernalia or any cursed objects as far as I know. But I will tell you that, and I know a lot of people might laugh, but this is my experience. Um, we had, me and my family, we used to live in a trailer park. And um, I want to say I was about six, seven years old at the time. Because when I first moved into like our new house, I was eight years old. So, um, we had neighbors that actually played with a Ouija board, and I was not allowed to go past that home and and all that stuff. So, and I can understand why. I mean, my parents were being really good parents. My, yeah. So, um. And at this time, our trailer was being renovated because of um, certain things that needed to be fixed, and the landlord gave us a new um, trailer to reside in for the moment. But there was no heat, so my stepfather um, decided to use the oven as a way of heating the house. There was only one bedroom that was available, and my parents decided to sleep on that. My sister slept on the couch, I slept on the floor. And so, um, I remember it happened two nights in a row and I wasn't allowed, I wasn't about to have it happen a third night. And the reason why I don't believe that it was a recurring nightmare or recurring dream, whatever you guys want to argue it was, I don't believe that that it was like a night terror or anything like that, anything in my dream sequence, because I remember waking up. And I know you can wake up in a dream, that's fine, but I remember clear as day that this was reality. So I remember waking up to a crusty, like a rusty creaking noise. You know how like you open an old gate and it creaks? And the inside of the oven lit up and I remember hearing a demonic voice say Sarah come here it was trying to get me into the oven whatever evil presence whatever it was it was trying to coax me into climbing into the oven so and I told my family up and down, up and down, like, this happened, this happened, this happened. They thought I was having a nightmare. If it was, I still would say it was spiritual. Because of how real it felt. Because of how real it was. When you have a spiritual experience, your discernment knows. Like, your spirit knows. That's why people get really scared when they're in a haunted house. Because their spirit recognizes an evil spirit. This happened a second time, the same way. Probably the same time. Told my parents, I don't want to sleep in the living room. I cannot sleep. I remember trying to wake up my sister. And she said, go back to sleep. 
I remember that. I remember waking up my sister, but she would not wake up. She would not want... She wouldn't have anything with it. And... So... The third night of us sleeping in this trailer... Um... I decided to sleep with my parents. Because I was, I was scared to death. I didn't know what this was. And, um... So... The third night didn't happen. And that was one of my very first spiritual demonic experiences, and I do not want to have another one. And, um, so when it comes to demons, evil spirits, stuff like that, I would recommend you do not do this because this is where we get depression. I'm serious. You can, you can say that I'm crazy, but demons are able to manipulate the atmosphere in order to change people's moods. Demons are territorial. They will have claim over certain territories. And I feel like I feel like I need to talk about it. Witchcraft is not something that you want to mess with because if you own a Ouija board or any type of demonic paraphernalia um, and you're having troubles with mental illness or crazy things happening in the house get that paraphernalia out of your house throw it away break it burn it whatever you gotta do and plead the blood over your household because this Charlie Charlie challenge hey if it's an actual thing, if it's a joke, whatever. I've seen the YouTube videos, and yeah, they seem quite creepy. But yes, I will say, and I'll acknowledge the um, fact that it could be a hoax and a joke. I'll say that. But if it is not, get it out of your house. Rebuke it. Plead the blood over yourself over your household, over your family. Because demons and demonic spirits are not something that you want to mess with. Especially if you are not someone who is able to handle casting out demons in the household or casting out demons out of people. This happens. A lot of people don't necessarily believe that it happens because they don't see it happen every day. But I can tell you, it does happen. So, the last one is the Blue Whale Challenge. And this is something that I have more information on just because I've dealt with depression. I've dealt with cutting myself. I've dealt with mental illness. And I've dealt with a lot of depressing things in my life. Um, so, and a lot of this stuff that I'm going to be talking about... I haven't necessarily done, I didn't do any of these things, like, according to the Blue Whale Challenge. I never did the Blue Whale Challenge, but as far as cutting, horror films, uh, crazy YouTube videos that I shouldn't have been watching, you know, all of that stuff, I've done in my life. I've experienced depression, I've experienced anxiety and everything like that, and for anybody who's done the Blue Whale Challenge or is thinking about doing it, please don't do it. Please don't 
don't, please do not decide to do this because it's not worth your life. It's not worth giving your life to somebody that you don't know. And my, I'm going to clarify my statement after I talk about this, but the blue whale challenge came up, I want to say just towards the end of 2018. I found it on Facebook. Somebody posted it on Facebook and it was a picture of a blue whale carved into someone's arm. And I thought that was really disturbing. But okay, apparently this is something that people do, that teens do now. I don't know why, but I've heard stories of people carving stuff into their arm. I don't know whether or not that they have, you know, been doing this, but this is something very sick and very demented and I'm just gonna, I'm gonna jump right into it. It's a 50 day challenge. Um, where someone takes over your life, pretty much. You give authority to somebody to, to have authority over your life. And um, they call it the curator. Uh, like, the person who's going to tell you what to do. And so, um, like I said, there's self-harm and mutilation uh, sort of tasks in here. And I will put a PS PSA up right now. Please do not attempt any of these things that I am about to list. And if you are triggered by any of this stuff about... If you have triggers of suicide, mutilation, anxiety, depression, um, cutting yourself, um, I would suggest that you just turn off the podcast right now. Because I do not want to be responsible for anybody having a panic attack, anxiety attack, or anything like that. So, if you are susceptible to this and you are still working your way out of your depression and recovering from your own um, journey through this, turn off my podcast because I will be getting descriptive. And I'm only doing this for the people and the parents that need to be hearing this so that they can look out for the characteristics of children who have been doing this or are still doing this. So it's a 50-day challenge where someone or a curator takes over a person's life. Um, so I'm going to be going down the task for each day and um, like I said it's gonna be a little graphic so the first one is carve a phrase into your arm or hand second is wake up at 4 20 a.m. watch a scary video three long cuts along your arm four draw a whale on a paper on a piece of paper Five, scratch a message on your arm. Six, status about being a whale because it's a blue whale challenge. Uh, seven, overcome a fear. Um, eight, 4.20 a.m., go to a roof. Nine, carve a whale on your hand. Uh, ten, watch scary movies all day. Eleven, listen to music that the curator gives you. 12. Cut your lip. 
13. Poke your arm with a needle. 14. Make yourself sick or hurt. Uh, 15. Go to a roof and stand on the edge. 16. Stand on a bridge. 17. Climb a crane. 18. Trust exercise that the curator decides to give you. Um, 19. Talk with a blue whale. Another member that's doing this on Skype. 20. Sit on the roof's edge with your legs dangling. Um, 21 is a coded job. It's like a cryptic message. You gotta find out what you gotta do that day. 22 is a secret mission ordered by the curator of the person that's telling you what to do. Um, 23. Meet a blue whale. Meet somebody in person that's also doing this challenge. Um, 24. The curator gives you the date you die. 25. Visit a railroad. 26. Talk to no one. Isolate yourself, basically. And 27 is you have to say an oath that you are a blue whale to the curator. And then 30 through 49 is basically the tasks repeating itself. Watch horror films, listen to music, talk to a blue whale, and make cuts everywhere along your body. 50, the last day, is that you jump off a building. Now, for all the parents and all the um, expected parents and all the siblings that need to hear this or all the siblings of like depressed teens or you know brothers sisters who have like brothers or sisters that are going through this please keep an eye on them encourage them and love them through whatever that they are going through whatever is going on in their life because it is not worth putting their lives in someone else's hands that does not care about them now it is supposedly known that the curator was traced back from or to russia i don't know how true that is but there has been um, unsubstantiated deaths to this game and like I said, it can't be proven whether or not these kids are actually dying from this challenge. But this is something that somebody created online. That somebody took the time to create this game to actually kill children. To actually kill teenagers. And I don't know what kind of effed up mind you have to have in order to create something like this. But I'm going to tell everybody right now, do not do this challenge. It is not worth your health, your life, and it is not worth the sorrow that your family goes through. Yes. Okay. Dose of reality. People who are going through depression, self-harm, there's people that love you, okay? There's people that love you. You just have to realize, you have to step out and tell somebody what you're going through. That love will be given to you. 
I don't know what situation you're going through or what's going on in your life, but there is somebody out there that loves you. If you are a person who is breathing, someone out there loves you. And this game, okay, it's not worth killing yourself because I believe that everyone has a purpose. Everyone that has been created on the face of the earth and the ones that are to be created all have a purpose, okay? Yes, I'm a Christian. I may have a biased opinion. It doesn't matter. This is coming from my heart because I've experienced stuff like this too. I've cut myself. If you cut yourself, you have a risk of infection and death. It's not worth it. It's not worth committing suicide over. Whether it, whether the reasons to be popular, I don't understand why. I honestly don't think that anybody who has done this or is thinking about doing this has ever decided, oh, I'm going to be popular after this. No, I think it's basically for the, the emotionally wounded souls out there that really need love and support. So if you know anybody who is going through depression, anxiety, or any type of mental illness, if they are having a rough time, let them know that they are appreciated and loved. Because your silence, I'm not going to accuse anybody of, you know, saying like, you've helped. Of course not. I'm going to say that you, your words affect people everywhere around you that hears them. Make sure that you're speaking life into somebody. Make sure that you are speaking life. Encourage them. Hey, how are you doing? How are you feeling? The one thing that I've heard people say in my life a few times, and I wish I would have been asked this a few more times in my life when I was going through this is how are you feeling? How are you feeling today? That opens up a whole door of things that need to be coming out. So if you have a friend that's going through this depression or whatever, ask them, how are you feeling today? Oh, I feel terrible. What do you want to do? Make that day about them. Help them out. Encourage them. Love them. Be the friend, the mother, the father, the boyfriend, the husband, the sister, the brother. <laughs> be that person. Be that support system. And I know that there are people out there that are probably very alone and have isolated themselves. And the one thing that has gotten through to me, when I had nobody, or when I thought I had any, nobody, is um, talking to a stranger. And I don't mean like chat roulette or anything like that, no. Um, I went to a website. What on earth? I'm sorry. <laughs> My boyfriend is talking to somebody and it just sounded weird. <laughs> no, there's a website that I went to. It was a chat room that I constantly would hear on the radio and um, it's called www.groundwire.net and this is no sponsorship I'm referring people 
for free. I'm, I'm referring them because it's helped me. Groundwire.net connects you to a spiritual coach or a, a recovery coach. And it connects you with somebody who cares. You can talk to them, pour your soul out to them, and nobody... I mean, it's completely confidential, and yes, it is a Christian organization, it is a Christian website, but I will say it is worth your time. Because for one, if you don't want prayer, I'm pretty sure that they won't press it on you. They will ask. They won't just, like, automatically pray over you, but they will say, hey, do you feel comfortable meet with me, you know, praying over you or praying with you. And if you say yes, hey, that's fine. And if you don't, then they'll probably just pray for you out of the goodness of their heart after they're done talking to you. But I will recommend this because it's helped me. It's helped countless other people. And it's for those people who have isolated themselves to the point where it's hard to step out and talk to somebody. In depression, there is that point in people's lives, especially in my life, where you cut off everybody and you start talking to people online. Probably the smartest thing that you will ever do is go to Groundwire and talk to a spiritual coach. So, and um, my anchor is open. My Instagram is open to anybody who is struggling. I am a certified recovery coach here in my hometown. And you guys, anybody who's listening, you have every right. You have, you are completely allowed to come to my Instagram, leave me a message, and I will talk with you. You are allowed to leave me a voice message. Me and my husband will help you through this. And, um, so please don't feel like you don't have the option to talk to me or my husband because we're people who care and we really want to see everybody. And I mean everybody around us, not just the people who are listening, but we want to see people, we want to be able to lift people up. We want to be able to encourage those who are hurting. Especially me, just because I've gone through it. I know what it's like, so excuse me. (laughs) So I just want to tell you, feel free to leave us a message. I'll drop the link to groundwire.net if you don't feel right about reaching out to us. But I also will leave my Instagram open as well. And... Like I said, leave a voice message if that's like the only option that you have. So, be blessed. Speak life. Be a Jehu. Thank you. Love you.